Coming up on tonight's episode of Don't Panic, we've got a lot of tech news, unsurprisingly, and we're going to talk such things as Roku, Sling TV, Amazon's real physical buy button. Uh, we're going to talk about the Surface. We're going to talk about uh, some great picks uh, and some tech news, and we're going to talk about Dan being a celebrity. It's going to be a great show. Stick around because we're going to start Don't <laughs> Panic right now. Right now. Right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 89, recorded April 6th, 2015, on Roku's voice, Sling Madness, and the real life buy button. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that Comcast is trying to run out of business. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined by the Big Apple and Bean Town of technology, our own East Coasters. It <laughs> Good is, one. Uh, Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Sirs, how are we doing today? Pretty good. I'm the Big Apple, right? You are <laughs> the, the Big Apple, the, the Windy City, the city by the bay, Boston. Is Boston also the Windy City? No, I don't think so. Okay. No. Although it is windy sometimes. I think that applies Wait, to every city. That's which which city is the city by the bay? Because Boston is by a bay, isn't, I guess. Well, San Francisco's the... Is that, isn't that San Francisco? I don't know. City by the bay. I'm going to have to Google that. Maybe I made it up. Because that sounds like a nickname for a real city. It, it is yeah, San no. Francisco. Oh. I, that makes sense. It but is I on feel... the bay. I feel like it's a, a little presumptuous to call it V Bay. <laughs> it's just A Bay. And, and Bay has so many meanings now that how would you even know what you're talking about? That's true. <laughs> this, this city by Michael Bay. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Um, well, uh, gentlemen, we're back for another week of Don't Panic. I hope things are well with you. Uh, I will start off by welcoming all the viewers at home and abroad. Thank you for joining us. Our website, don'tpanic.io. There are all the links, including when we do this live Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. Uh, you can also get all past episodes, audio and video. You can get them there. And also uh, all the social media links and where to subscribe. So don'tpanic.io is the one-stop shop. I want to hit two points today before we get to the news. The first being, Dan, you look like you want to say something. It's actually 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time right now. I'm just going to we be the pedantic for time. No way, man. So it's EDT, not EST. Yeah. Yep. Ah, oh, damn it. I always mix it up. Get your that. time zone straight. It's so confusing. Oh, my God. Right, Anyways. Next week, I'm going to be in Los Angeles, and I have to support a conference in Hamburg, Germany. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to tell my time straight. You're going to be wow. nine hours off. It's going to be so confusing. Um, no, I want to start tonight by talking about our own celebrity on the show. No, it's not me. We're talking about Dan Miller. <laughs> um, who, uh, Dan, why don't you tell the folks at home <laughs> why you were smack in the middle of your 15 minutes of fame? Right. So here at work at Etsy, the good old Etsy.com, we, uh, we use Facebook's implementation of PHP. And we got to work with Facebook on making it better. And we got to work with Wikipedia on making it better because Wikipedia also uses Facebook's implementation of PHP. So it's been a lot of fun to work with all these different groups. Uh, it's about twice as fast. means we need half as many computers, which is good for the environment. It's good for the bottom line. And there's a blog post. If you want to read way, way more, there's a blog post on codescraft.com. First link right there. You can read all about it. How's that? That's wonderful. Congratulations. I think congratulations <laughs> is in order. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, thanks. It was a lot of work, but it was also a lot of fun. Well, that's good. And getting some traction online, I saw. So yeah, people are excited uh, about whatever the, the hell that is. The blags. The, the blags. They love it. <laughs> Blagging. Well, congratulations. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, now, the other thing, I've noticed in our last couple episodes, we've done a little more banter not about tech news, and I feel like it, it's it's fun and breaks up the show a little bit. Yeah. So I've got a banter item if you'd like to banter. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's not as fun if I point it out, but... Um, <laughs> so next week, we're not going to have a show because I'm going to be in Los Angeles. Yep. And while I'm out there, I'm planning on taking my first ever Uber car. <laughs> and I'm so... Now, do you guys... See, these guys live in a city, right? For them, not a big deal. No big whoop, right? You go around the corner and they're, they're everywhere, right? Where I live... We, like, barely have cars, so never mind Uber. 
So this is this still is horse exciting. and buggy out in Western Mass, right? Uh, we we haven't advanced to horses yet, Dan. We we use our legs, our human legs, and okay. drag ourselves. The Roman army marching down the what do they call those things? The Roman highways. Mountains, Dan. Mountains. I don't know. The, didn't the Roman highways have a specific name? I don't know. They don't teach Anyways. us history here. Uh, anyway, oh. <laughs> um, so I was going to ask you, as experienced, um ride-sharing riders, uh, any tips or advice for me when getting an Uber car? Uh, look, so when you get an Uber, like, it'll show you, like, a picture of the person and what type of car they're in. It also shows you the license plate. So you should check the license plate before you get in the car because people oh. have done that before and gotten, like, assaulted. Don't get assaulted, Sean. Oh, so make sure it's a real license plate and don't get into the yeah. wrong car. Okay. Safety tips. That's good advice. It also shows you the make and model, which I find easier. That's true. That is okay. pretty easy. Now, now, do you sit in the front of the car or the back of the car? Uber, you sit in the back. Lyft, you sit in the front. Oh, really? I wouldn't I have known that. Yes. Me Lyft, you're, you're, Lyft is the one where it's... A, you're, it's, it's it's like the friendlier Uber. Like you sit in the front and you fist bump the like people your, your when you get in. Like your pals with your driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, which should I take? Uh, I usually, to be honest, I usually try Uber first, and then if it's like too busy or too expensive, I'll try Lyft as as a second option. But that's just out of habit. Like I kind of started using Uber before Lyft was really a thing. Or before Lyft was as big of a thing, and I, it's just my like habitual habitual default. It's not. I don't think it's actually any better or worse. It might be though. Good. If, if you're in uh, Dublin, Halo is the uh, is the, the, the ride sharing app du jour, ah. and you sit in the back. So, but don't they have all the really small cars out there, or do they have regular size cars? They do seem to be smaller on average. Why do you ask? Well, because I, 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 I see. You, you tell I'm very stereotypical of Europe, but I assume they all have, like the little smart cars, and I'm like, how do you share a smart car ride? Like they're so small. <laughs> they're not that small. Like well, <laughs> but I, I would say that the percentage of two seat, like four seats, but there's only two doors. The percentage of those cars seem higher in Europe than they do here. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, Europe's weird. In a good way. I'm not saying I'm not hating on Europe. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for the advice. I will report back on on how it goes, uh, unless I'm like you know murdered or something. And then have I you won't. ever have you ever used uh, one of those uh, websites that delivers you food to your like like takeout food to your house, like a seamless or no, we don't uh, have those here. The Grubhub. Have you ever used them though? Uh, no. Wow. No. So you should do that while you're there too, and you can report back on that. Do they deliver to hotels. Yeah. Oh, that's great! Uh, that's a great idea, Dan. This is wonderful, and and don't it's on the company's dime, so this is this is good. Right. I can try some new <laughs> so things. This will be it'll be like uh, that movie where Tarzan comes to like I don't know if it's Tarzan, but Tarzan George comes of the to jungle. Like, is that George of the Jungle? Where he comes to New York City and yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sue? It'll be like that, except it's you going to an actual city in the 21st century. Thank you for comparing me to a feral man who's never seen modern society it's not it, you know it's not completely inaccurate but nonetheless thank you you're welcome good great well i'm glad we got to that great banter everybody uh but we should probably get to the news right. that, that's really why the people why, why our millions of fans tune in is to hear us go through the news and we're going to do that dan picked before the show the story he thought was the biggest this week and it was not Amazon's April Fool joke. No, it was their actual announcement. Uh, the tiny plastic buttons that allow you to buy things. It's called Amazon Dash. Uh, or more specifically, the Dash button. We've actually talked about the actual Dash on the show before, which is a, a more complicated device. It's a stick with a barcode reader in it, and you can talk into it. And that was in very limited beta. Oh, whoa, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and I'm bummed, because actually I would rather have that than this, but they announced the much more simpler dash button. So uh, what you're going to get, and I'll put a picture up here on screen for those of you at home, is it's a little plastic button, and that button connects to the Wi-Fi in your home, and when you push the button on it, it's automatically programmed and connected to your Amazon Prime account. 
and you set it to say, I push the button and I get X product, and then in two days it shows up at your house. You don't have to do any extra work other than pushing the button, and then it shows up. Now, what's interesting is that they are launching it in partnership with, it looks like, I think it's with uh, certain brands. Uh, I'm not sure um, who the overall partner is, but companies like Gillette, Glad, Tide, uh, Maxwell House, a number of, of uh, 18 different partners today. Uh, you can get a Dash button if uh, for free if you're a Prime member, though they're, uh, it's kind of a, a sign-up and a limited beta kind of thing. Um, and... Yeah, that's that's pretty much the short version. So you go into the Amazon app and you program the Tide button to say, I get this type of Tide, the size of Tide, and when I push the button, just send me one, and in two days it's there. Um, How does it power itself? Does it have batteries you need to replace? Um, that's a good question. Um, uh, it, uh, it doesn't specifically say. Uh, I have to imagine it's probably got like one of those little watch batteries in it, and it just lasts for a really long time. I would imagine a lot of the um, like the smart thing sensors I have have like a I don't know it's a battery that you can replace but it it's it's a weirdly it's one of those weird shaped batteries it's like not double A um, and it it I don't know it just it lasts for like a year and a half and then you just have to buy a new one and put it in Cause, cause oh all really because yeah this, it lasts for a really long time because all this has is a is a tiny. I don't, I don't, hold on, I don't think a year and a half is a long time. Like, I don't know I how long it. Look, I, I it lasted <laughs> for long enough where where I was like, didn't even consider it as a thing that was going to happen or not but, happen. So that has to be longer than a year and a half in my mind. Maybe it has to outlive like the average time you spend in an apartment. So I would say like it has to be between at least two to four years interesting i'm really intrigued now i'm gonna check how low the like if the battery status has changed at all because then maybe we can we can get a sense for it (laughs) or what 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 are those internet things things called that you have colby uh it's called smart things all right, smart thing. I think Dan will just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while you're doing that, I will just quickly say the dash button does prevent you if you kind of press it twice. It won't order things twice, so it's smart enough to know not to do that. Um, and it is, as I said, very uh, limited release right now. The one other thing I will mention is Amazon also announced a program called Dash Replenishment Service, which means that companies can integrate Amazon into their products, and when the products know that they are out of product um <laughs> they will automatically order more so like your if your coffee right. maker knows it's out of coffee it will automatically order you more coffee um uh, speaking of the coffee maker this is a little tangential but dan did you see that the picture of that coffee maker that's in the article it looks so no. cool no it's like uh, it's, it's like a, an automatic pour over maker from Corky. according to smartthings.com your batteries will last anywhere from six to 12 months, which is well below my, I don't even consider this. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I hadn't considered that before I bought it. I I will say though, I just looked at one of my, the battery ones and it's like, it still says the battery is a hundred percent and it's been a couple months. So I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where it's like a hundred percent and then in a month it'll be like 20%, but Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll report back in like two years. <laughs> hey, remember that one time we talked about the batteries? Well, have I got an update for isn't you? There, isn't there a website, Long Bets, uh, website or something? I'm sure, there is. Yeah, here, <laughs> I'll I'll set up a long bet for us, Colby. Okay. Thrilling. So, uh, what do we? Uh, so, so what do we think of the the dash button, gentlemen? Is this something you're gonna you're gonna are you gonna stick these all around your house? Um, I'm not particularly interested in this dash button thing. I am, however, interested in things that order order the the more supplies for themselves. I think that's cool. Um, I feel like printers have been doing that for a while. Like HP has printers that'll order ink when they're out. I think that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um. I wish my fridge would do that with like regular food 
that would be cool. And also if it could like bring the food up from, from, from <laughs> the bottom, from the door, that would be especially. You just cool. want the drone to land it on, on right well, by the back second. door. You want, you want the refrigerator to lift the food up from the bottom to like met, like optimal shelf space. No, no, I want the I want the fr- the fridge to go downstairs and get the food and bring it. Like up I don't want to have to carry the food up the stairs. Oh, I see. That's yeah, funny. the Amazon drone just drops her in the top That's, of the fridge and yeah. then it just ingests it. That's ideal. I I would be willing to like build a drone port in one of our skylights. <laughs> I could just see Colby standing in front of the fridge as the fridge brings the food to mouth level. <laughs> he just stands there, just waiting. Mm. Um, wow, this is this is shame on us. This is terrible. Uh, Dan, what what do you think? Are you going to get some dash buttons? No, I don't ever buy anything anywhere near frequently enough to need this, and I've never used Amazon subscribe. Like I don't use that much stuff. Except food, but I don't want to buy the same food every week. So, yeah. Like, I don't... I feel like the only thing I use consistently enough to uh, warrant having it on a schedule is, like, deodorant. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe maybe soap. Yeah, but how often do you buy deodorant? Not often. Right. So... I I feel like the dash button is for the Costco family, the family of like four or five or six people who buy things in mass amounts of bulk on the regular. Then this is yeah. perfect because they are going to run out of things quickly and they're going to need them quickly. That's really the market. I don't know if like single to semi single guys. <laughs> that's are, probably true. Are a fair representation of that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's probably it's it's also like people. It, it clearly aimed at people with a laundry room which is which is not me like i can't stick a dash button on my washing machine because i don't have a washing machine that's true i would use it for coffee beans actually because coffee beans i buy coffee beans once every couple weeks uh that's that's about it though yeah i think that's the other problem too is right now it's limited to the um, the brands that they partner with, so you can't just use it on anything, which is which is annoying because you have to be really you know you have to get tied. Which some people that's fine, but you know that's a little more difficult. Well, that's probably how they convince these brands to build all this tooling to work with their system. I guess Amazon has all the tools they need. In fact, why does Amazon even need the cooperation of any brand? I don't. I don't. To be honest, I don't think the I think Amazon just did it because they it's it, they already have a blank button, which is essentially what was the original dash, which was just this. See, plastic. I never heard about that. So it, it's a it's a six inch. I'm reading. It's a six inch long plastic stick that has a laser scanner and a microphone, and so you would go around with the scanner and scan barcodes on the things in your home, like a pen. It looks oh. like a pen, or yeah, you can yeah, talk yeah. into it and say what you want, and then it will order it for you. But it only works with Amazon Fresh, which is the $300 a, a month or a year service that does groceries and shit. This, I hope it's the, $300 a year. It probably is. <laughs> the, um, and the dash button works with, with just regular Prime. That's kind of the big difference. But you can't get a, re- a Prime dash button that's blank. Right. It has to be, at least today, it has to be with a partner brand. <sighs> Because I'm just imagining, so if if you could do that, some rich person who just has it rigged up to like a diamond necklace, and he just presses it, <laughs> just just like the people who bought the ten thousand dollar diamond iPhone app. I think I think that's great. I'm I in favor of that. Just order me an Apple Watch edition. Just, <laughs> just if, and when you run out, you can just push it again, and you'll get another one. Right. Right. Oh, too perfect. Well. That is that the the dash button uh, coming to a store near you. You can sign up for the beta now on Amazon's website. Uh, let's continue on, gentlemen. What would you like to talk about next? We've got a lot of uh, TV news. We've got some news from Microsoft and Google. Um, I, well, I think the second most exciting thing is the Android apps on your computer. You can run Android apps on your computer now. That's 
crazy. So let's talk about this. Um, in the uh, latest version of Chrome Beta, you can now run Android apps on Windows, OS X, and Linux. Um, this is through the app runtime for Chrome. Uh, so all you need is the APK of an existing Android app, and you can launch it on your uh, device. Now, of course, it's in beta, and there's a few loopholes you have to go through to, you know, make it work. It's I would not recommend it for your average person, but if you're so inclined, uh, the instructions on how to do it are online. Um, but I think in terms of the sort of broader concept of being able to run the mobile apps on your computer... Like, that's really awesome. That's kind of like what Microsoft is is trying to do with their One Apps Everywhere. It's a little different, but I kind of see it as similar where you want to have developers build the app once and have it run in multiple places easily and have a consistent experience device to device. Um, and this is really cool, especially because many, and, I, well, and we've talked about this in the show before, the uh, most Android apps are free. Um so if, if Google were to make the Play Store adaptable to Chrome, which I think is a realistic thing to assume they'll do, um, then they've immediately added thousands and thousands and thousands of apps without asking developers to do a single thing differently. Like, that's so yeah. cool. What do you guys I think, think? So I think this is particularly cool because there are certain apps uh, which don't have, like, desktop clients that I would like to have access to on my desktop like when I'm at work so I don't have to take out my phone um, the biggest one I think is Facebook Messenger like I get a non-zero number number of messages on Facebook Messenger and the only way to use it is from like facebook.com slash messages which is not the greatest um, and it's also like it's in my browser, which is annoying because I always like I like work in my browser. So I'm always like closing tabs and like canceling things out. Wait, you close tabs? I do. I do. I do close tabs. Wow. You have to tell me your secret someday. <laughs> About closing tabs? Yeah. Um, I can't seem to get that part down. I can open it just fine. I have I have noticed that I, I, I have significantly like an order of magnitude fewer tabs than many people that I've worked with in the past. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll be more aware of it and maybe I can teach you my secrets <laughs> once I figure them out. <laughs> so as a developer, I'm excited about this uh, for the potential to run Android apps more easily. Like, so currently if you develop an Android app, the, the, the Android simulator so you can run your app on your computer without having to upload it to a phone uh, but almost no one does because it's awful it's slow it's kludgy it doesn't really work uh, but if this one actually works and it's fast which it from what I read I haven't tried it yet but from what I read it seems to be fast you could just do it all in your browser and then imagine uh, the Android, a new Android IDE that's all browser based like the Facebook IDE and then everything just works in your browser and you could do Android development on a Chromebook uh, or on a Linux desktop. And I think this is something that Google would really want to do because their developers in, in Google use Chromebooks and use Linux. Uh, yeah. So I, I hope and I, I bet and I hope that that's where this is going. Yeah. I feel like this, this, I don't know, it kind of bodes well for like the web just as a thing, it seems like to me. Or for for the I mean certainly for the Chromebook like yeah I mean it's not like this is implemented in JavaScript right it or is no it? no I don't I don't think so <laughs> uh, I don't know how this arc arc welder thing works how does the arc welder work? <laughs> well and I I think from the while well, you're looking that up I think I think from the consumer side. As I tend to look at, less the technical side. Um, I think it's really great because what is one of the biggest downsides of Chrome OS? It can't run apps. Well, it can, but people say it can't run apps. Well, if Google can all of a sudden flip a switch and say it can now run thousands of Android apps, the ones you already know and love on your phones and tablets... Like that's a huge selling point for Chromebooks, I think, um, especially if they run as well as they do on the mobile devices. Um, right, that could be a huge get for them. Right, yeah, and like I said, there like a lot of mobile apps are like pretty feature complete, 
or I mean, in some cases, they're 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 more like more extensive than the than their their desktop equivalents, like like Instagram or something. People like, are developing I mobile first. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it's pretty cool. I'm trying to make this work right now. Oh, you're trying to use it right now? Yeah. So I don't know how. So if Kobe, I don't know. Kobe how. drops off the Skype call. We'll know why. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Well, that's... Okay, so Wikipedia says Google app runtime for Chrome, this Arc thing, is a compatibility layer and sandboxing technology for any Android applications uh, from a web browser. A Google na- ah, it's the Google native client thing that NACI. Uh, I've heard of all these things before. I don't know what they mean. So it's not a web technology. It's a Chrome specific. Uh, thing i see so it's not like they re-implemented android in javascript which right. would be nuts five right. years from now that post will be on hacker news like oh, <laughs> re-implemented android 2.0 in javascript <laughs> oh dear god what is the world coming to that is right dan i couldn't agree more. <laughs> what are we coming to another story what are we going to talk about next here gentlemen <laughs> got to keep this bullet train running down the tracks this hyperloop uh, heading down its tube well since <laughs> since we're on the chromebook thing do you want to go through the 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 new chromebooks they teased absolutely we okay. can talk about that new hardware from <clears throat> not from google but certainly from their partners uh involving uh chrome os so a host of new devices First up, the Asus Chromebook Flip. It is uh, similar to all those uh, Windows devices you see that flip, twist, break apart. Um, it's a 10-inch display, it's, so it's pretty small for a Chromebook. You can bend the hinge all the way around, kind of like the Lenovo Yoga, if you remember that, where you can flip it 180 um, and use it as a tablet. Um, the screen is a touch screen, which is relatively rare for Chromebooks. I know the Pixel's another example, but there aren't many others. Um... Let's see, they also... Do, 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 do. They also announced... All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to find out more information on this. Um, it will be available for $250, which is very similar to other... Uh, actually, that, that might be cheaper than some Android tablets at 10 inches. Yeah. That's crazy. It, it is. Now, yep. the, dis- the display isn't super great. It's 1280 by 800 so not not like a high-end device, but for 250 hey, not too bad. It's going to be available in the next six to eight weeks. They also announced the Chrome Bit. It's a tiny dongle uh, computer. Uh, it just has an HDMI port. Uh, you just plug it in um, to your display, and it powers it that way. Um, there is a USB port on the other end of it. Um, that's how you power it. Uh, but it has Bluetooth for mice and keyboards as well, and it runs Chrome OS. It's available for $99. Um, it'll be available sometime later this summer. They also saw, uh, we also saw some new Chromebooks from Chinese manufacturers, Hisense and Hire. Um, both are pretty standard 11 inch devices at around 149. Um, and there you go. It, well, so what happened is you said it, it's convertible, right? Uh, the flip. Yeah. So it's like, if you remember right. the yoga, it's just like that. You flip it 180 both, both ways. All the oh, way Okay. And then it's just the Chromebook that you can only use a touchscreen with at that point. Okay. Uh, yes, when it's flipped all the way around. Yep. Huh. Perfect for those Android apps. True. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. And so when that becomes more stable, that that feature makes way more sense. Well, and it's interesting that they didn't. I they. I don't know technically, but I would assume they could have made it dual boot. You know, when you flip it all the way around, it boots into Android. Um, right. For the touch side. That's they, what I. That's what I was assuming it would do. Uh, yeah. But those have never worked really well. <laughs> no, no. So, but it doesn't. It's just full on Chrome OS the whole way through. So I think that'll be interesting to see. Um, what's interesting is the flip is coming out in six to eight weeks, which lines up with Google I/O, which is interesting. So, so we'll we'll have to see where that goes. Um, maybe if if Google announces something with Android apps on Chrome OS, this could be part of it. That's kind of a big assumption, but you never know. Um, so never been a better time to be looking at chrome os chromebook hardware um we'll continue on gentlemen what's what's next here that we're going to talk about if you don't pick a story i will 
Uh, I think it's your turn now. Is it, is it my turn? All right, it's my turn. Uh, let's talk about... Um, There's all this TV news. we got to yeah, get to at least some of it. Let's talk about Sling TV. we got two stories from Sling TV. We'll get through the first very quickly. Uh, Sling TV, we talked about on the show, $20 a month. You get some 20-plus television channels streamed directly to you. Well... It crashed in the middle of March Madness. Ouch. The semifinals, the most watched sporting event on in, uh, well, I don't, it broke a ratings record. I forget what the exact technical term around the record was, but um, it crashed for a lot of users. So, um, the, um, looking here, the service cut in and out throughout the games. Um, Sling reportedly had over 100,000 signups in the first month. Um, Sling said, we're sorry for some basketball fans who saw errors tonight due to extreme signups and streaming. Engineers rebalanced load across network partners. Uh, they claim it's going to hopefully get better. Um, but this is the first real problem we've seen with the service since it launched. Now, the real question is, how does that relate to the other Sling news we had this week, which is... I know you guys are a big fan of The Hobo. HBO is coming to Sling TV. Now, this is fascinating. We talked about this Apple being the exclusive... Uh, the exclusive the exclusive streaming device partner, and I think that's why HBO can do this. Um, HBO is partnering with Sling TV to come as part of your Sling TV package. Um, now, this is really weird and specific, so I'll try to explain this as best I can. This is... I have to reread this, because it is very weird, the technical way they're doing this. Sling TV is going to offer HBO the actual channel for $15 a month. It is not offering HBO Now, which is the streaming service that Apple has an exclusive to. See the difference? Okay. Sling TV has the actual channel... And HBO Go content, totally unrelated to HBO Now. But it is a way for cord cutters to get HBO because it does not require a cable satellite subscription. Only your subscription to Sling TV. Now HBO is an additional $15 a month on top of the 20 you pay for Sling. Um, they haven't said the specific date when it's available, though they did say they will do it before the Game of Thrones season premiere. Cool. Exciting. Yeah. So how much is Sling TV a month? I forget. It's twenty at the base package, and you can add a few more channels for a, for a few more bucks. But do you get do you get HBO at the base package? So the... it's twenty, and then another HBO is fifteen on top of that. Oh, which okay, is the right, same right. as HBO now. Right, but right. You don't need an Apple TV. Right. But you have to pay True. the twenty to get Sling TV. And can Sling TV record the content? Um, you know that's a really great question. Um, you will have access to on-demand stuff. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, huh. Sing TV DVR. No, it does not have that. Yeah, so you'll have... Ac- you'll- so that's the advantage of, like, PlayStation View would be the DVR. Yeah, now HBO... I'm pretty sure... Right, HBO's pretty good about putting their stuff on demand with HBO Go and... It's not instantaneous. And that's the impression I'll get... I get with uh, HBO Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with HBO Go, it's like, you know, anywhere between 15 minutes and 45 what? minutes after it. Yeah. 15 minutes? and Or oh, longer. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. College is very frustrating watching <laughs> Game of Thrones for that reason. <laughs> it was. It takes so long for someone to torrent it. I mean, for someone to <laughs> it and Bam. Nailed them. So good. <laughs> um yeah so that's that's exciting i actually just spent uh last week i caught up on uh well i rewatched veep uh before the premiere uh next week which is a great show if you have hbo and don't watch it go watch it it's really fucking funny oh it's um, funny it's a comedy it's a half hour oh. comedy with julie louis dreyfus it's very i recommend it anyway um yeah so get excited for that if you're a sling tv customer uh you have the option to get hbo has anyone here tried Sling TV yet? No. no. Okay. No. Yeah, I, I did PlayStation View. The Sling TV have a free trial? Yeah, I, I think so. Oh, really? I did it a little bit, but like it wasn't available on my TV on anything that I had. Uh, you have so to have a device like, that it works with. Right. 
I could use it on my. I I did download the free trial, but it was like, I could only use it on my computer. I'll have to. I'll try it out on my Roku and see how it works. Okay, and report back. Uh, as always. Uh, speaking of Roku, let's talk Roku quick. Roku had their announcement today, as a matter of fact, about the refreshed Roku Two and Roku Three. Uh, we'll start with the Roku Three. That's their high end model at ninety nine ninety nine. Um, and that device now gets what seems like all <coughs> all the streaming devices have, which is voice recognition. So there's a microphone on the remote. You push the button. You can say the name of a movie, a television show, an actor, or director. Results come up instantly. Um, they claim it's accurate, unsurprisingly. Of course, they're going to say that. Um, and what's great is because Roku has universal search, which I absolutely love. Um, it will tell you not just information about the movie, but all the sites it's on, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Vudu or uh, Boo 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 or any of the other sites. Um, you can do that as well. You can do it from anywhere at any time. Even if you're in the middle of watching a movie, you can do it, um, and then it will jump you back and forth in and out of that. The other big software update called Roku Feed, um, the idea is it gives you a heads up whenever movies in theaters right now eventually make their way to on-demand services. So you add a movie like Furious 7 uh, to your Roku feed, and when it's available, it'll let you know. So, hey, it's now available for rent on Amazon Instant, or it's just been added to Netflix. What it will also do is it will also keep track of prices as well. So it will let you know if a price drops on a streaming movie, because when they first come out, they're usually more expensive, so it'll tell you when it drops. Um, They say it's just the beginning of the Roku feed. They may be adding more features in the future um, to be seen. Uh... Now, that was the Roku 3, Roku 2, uh, $69. What they did was they upgraded all the hardware on the inside to match the Roku 3, so they're identical hardware-wise. The only difference is you don't get the voice-capable remote. Otherwise, they're the same. But at $69, that's a pretty great deal. Um, So, there you go. You will be able to use the voice feature through their smartphone app. So... Yeah, that's awesome. There you go. I, I just... I love my... Actually, I think I might upgrade my Roku... Um, cause I've got a really old model, so I may actually get the $69 one cause I use it. I could all the time, all the time. It's great. Yep. yep. Yeah. And the, the voice feature is one of the best features from the, the fire TV. Like you, you tried that. Uh, and I hear that that's really good. It's really, it was when I tried it, it was really accurate. Um, the the question I had was I just don't search that much to be honest I'm more of like a discoverer kind of flip around and see what's there I very rarely like type in a specific thing um so that that wasn't for me but if you if you do search a lot the voice was really good um but but for me nobody does software as good as Roku does software they're they're wow they just it's so fluid and so fast and I'm really excited for the feed. Because all the time I'm like, oh, Birdman, I really want to see that. But, like, I'm not going to go to the theater, and then you can add it, and I'm excited for that. So That does sound pretty neat. It's cool. Roku is what I usually – when people ask, that's usually what I recommend. Um, yeah. So that'll be good. All right. Uh, let's see how we're doing on time. We've got time for more news. We can talk about uh, – Oh my goodness, we've gone through a good chunk of it. We can talk about Sony and on live. We can talk about Comcast Fiber, Surface 3, uh, Facebook Riff, any of that. I don't know about, about Comcast Fiber, though I really like your Facebook headline there. Oh, Facebook makes another app I'm confident no one will use. <laughs> I mean, oh. we we can talk about it if you like. I did download and try it. Uh, it's called Facebook oh, it's Riff. it's out already? It is out. You can go to iOS or Android uh, and download it. Right, okay. Um, okay. I'm going to see if... I can read. So you how, did try it. So someone else described it. Yes, it was supremely lame. <laughs> um, so the idea is to let people record up to twenty seconds of video and share it with their friends. Then your friends can tack videos onto that video to make a longer video. Stay with me here. And then it cre- it creates like a story that you and your friends all put together because you're adding videos on top of videos, all based around some theme you make up. That's the concept. Seems really elaborate. It's not the worst concept I've ever heard. No, I mean it came out of uh, Facebook's Creative Labs, which you may know as the group that came up with Paper, uh, Rooms, Facebook Groups, some of these other sort of standalone apps. Um, yeah, 
So there you go, 22nd time limit on those videos, but you can add up to, I think, 20 per riff. Uh, Did you post the video, Sean? No, I didn't. I kind of I looked at the public ones, but it was just... Okay. I don't know. I just the, the problem I have with all of these sort of apps Facebook introduces, I look at them and I'm like, if a standalone startup put out this app, I'd be like, oh, wow, cool, a startup app. This is really neat. But since Facebook put it out, I'm like, oh, lame. Facebook put this out? <laughs> like, maybe that's just uh... me, but like... And maybe that's terribly unfair, but I just look at that and I'm like, oh boy, it's another slingshot. Oh boy, it's another rooms. Oh boy, it's a... Maybe it's because I'm too involved in the tech stuff and I'm not an average person, that but like, be. how would average people even hear about this? Like, there's no... I don't... How do people hear about apps? Yeah, From I mean, their friends. I... So like right. Meerkat or, or any of that, you know, when these apps, Vine, even when that came around, like, how do people hear about this? It's just word of mouth. I, people I like it... us use it and actually like it. And then right. our friends. I think are it like, takes oh, a while. Yeah. I, well, like, I don't think these apps. I don't think most of them blow up overnight. I think they exist for a while, and then all of a sudden, overnight, they blow up. But they don't blow up like immediately upon launching. That's like very artificial. Well, you, have you guys used Yik Yak, or have you heard mm, of this? No, I don't know. This is apparently it's like blowing up. It's very popular, but actually it was my younger brother who's a senior in college who's like, oh yeah, every, cause it's like an anonymous kind of posting app, but it's like geo located. So like if you're on a college campus, you can post stuff and everyone else there can see it, but it's anonymous. Hmm. Um, but apparently he's like, oh, it's huge. We all use Shik Yak. It's like the most popular thing. And I'm like, I follow this as a hobby and I've never heard of it. So maybe that's just, it's just finding the right group to use it. Yeah, and building your audience. It's it's also possible. Like, we, I feel like we're no longer in the group who starts using <laughs> these apps. Like, we've we've recently passed out of that group, what and we're mean? no longer relevant. Yeah. Uh, damn it. Well, yeah. Yep. What is it? It's eighteen. Well, it's eighteen to twenty-five. So technically, we're still in it. We're not. That's I'm not still in it. Up. Yeah, yeah. According to the to the marketing folks, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what are they the people who make up those demographics in any of those target demographics <laughs> in the eighteen to twenty-five? Dan, they're all dead now. Um, <laughs> from, from from all the the uh, the two p.m. cocktails. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I don't know. Maybe it'll turn into something, but I feel like when uh, I don't know, I just don't. I don't really just even see the appeal of what of riff. Oh. Yeah. Of doing these sort of sequential videos. I think the great thing about a lot of these services is they don't require other people, but it's great when other people interact. You know, so you look at like a Snapchat or a Vine or a, or a Meerkat. not require other people? Because you can send it and it's still fun. Like I get Snapchats I don't respond to all the time and it's still fun and interesting because I still see what my friends are doing. Right. But if they had no one to send it to, then it wouldn't be fun for them to send it, obviously. Well, that's, that's true, but it doesn't require active participation from me, but Riff absolutely does. Because if you just post one video, then it's Vine or Instagram, and you've added no value. It requires your friends to interact back. Yeah. Every that was time. Kinda, that was kind of the way I felt about Slingshot. Like it was, They mandated it. That's right. It was like, I don't know. It, it, I'm, not, I'm not the most active person on social media. I mean, I don't think I've ever been, but like certainly more, more and more, that's less the case. Um, and it's it was like it was really hard. It was like I sort of want to see some of these pictures, but not that much. Like I, I, I always felt put on the spot to do something, and that was no fun. Yeah. So I don't know. I could be proved wrong. I, I was I was predicting Meerkat was going to be a big success, and it seems to really be petering off. So, well, well what the hell do I know? But uh, Riff from Facebook, you can download it now on iOS and Android and make uh, social videos with your friends or something like that. Um, quickly, we're going to just talk one more story. I just wanted to mention Microsoft Surface 3. Uh, I'm trying How to think of it. so cheap? And this time it's personal. Um it is a the update to the Surface 2, uh, which is the update to the Surface. Um, no more ARM, no more RT. This is full Intel, uh, full Windows 
no compromises, hypothetically. Uh, powered by an Intel Atom chip, you can get it at $499, which is really the highlight. Um, let me bring you some specs here. It's a roughly 10-inch display. What's interesting is it's actually a 3 by 2 dimension, which is a little more square than kind of your 16 by 9 or I forget what dimension on the iPads are. They're not quite 3-2 or 16-9, right? They're somewhere in between. I Maybe, never remember. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up. It is... Uh, Isn't it 1610? 16... Yeah, maybe. I buy that. Sure. <laughs> um, 10.8 display on the Surface 3. Oh, 4 to 3. 4 to 3. Okay, there you go. That makes sense. Um, as I said, Intel Atom processor. It does have all the same accessories. Your uh, type cover, your pens, your docs, all those sorts of things. Uh, quickly, it... Uh, with it, you get a full-size USB port, a microSD card reader, and a mini display port because it is a Windows machine, so you get all the ports. Um, there's also an LTE option if you're that kind of person uh, who needs that. Um, it's got RAM and, and hard drives and all those sorts of things. It runs 8.1 <laughs> and has a touch screen, and it has the same uh, kickstand. Now, mind you, this is not the Pro. That's important to remember. They didn't say anything about a Surface 3 Pro. They're still the Surface 2. Or no, maybe they don't do the numbers for Pro. I don't remember. Just remember. Didn't they just announce a new Pro or something? I never. Semi-recently? You're right. It was not that long ago. Um, And the question was, when were they going to update the Surface 2 slash RT? And that's what this is. So this is, the Surface Pro is i5 and i7. More powerful processors. This is Atom, which is sort of the more low-powered, um kind of like lab, cheap laptop-y type chip. Not that that's bad. Um, But there you go. Cool. I'm excited. I actually think this is a... I'm one for consumer choice, and I think if you're in the $500 computer market, it's tough to get a Windows machine that's halfway decent. Yeah. Um, It looks really cool. If you're a Windows user and you don't have $1,000 to spend, this looks like a really, really great device. I, yeah, I'm, I'm in general, I'm pretty intrigued by the, uh, the surface, but I mean, for all the, I'm taking for granted that they've improved some of the, the like woes they've had, but I think like Windows has got, like Windows 8 has gotten less silly, um, I don't know. It's intriguing. The price the price seems pretty pretty solid. Yeah, and I think with all the updates we're going to see in Windows 10, um, which is supposed to come out this summer, as we talked about last week or the week before, um, I think that's going to make Windows devices a lot more compelling. Um, and yeah. I think this is, is really a great sort of display prototype sort of um, highlight device for Microsoft to use when promoting Windows. Um because it's actually surprisingly cool for Microsoft, so uh, I think it's great. Yeah. Okay, well, before we put Dan to sleep as we talk about Windows... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. Um, <laughs> we are going to move on to picks. It is that time, and I'm going to volunteer to go first this week um, with a pick you may not think is a tech pick, but I'm going to surprise you, uh, and I'm going to talk about Coca-Cola Freestyle. Have you guys used the Coke Freestyle machines? Uh, what yeah. is that? Describe it to me. All right, Dan. Is it I'm the at... weird computer screen ones? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And yes, they're not I have. weird. They're amazing. <laughs> so if you have not used yeah. Coke Freestyle, find one near you because I think they're really cool. So what it is is it's a Coke vending machine, but instead of having like the five flavors you tap your cup under, uh, it's got a big touch screen, and you can get like. They claim over a hundred different choices, but you you get a whole bunch of combinations. You can get Coke and root beer and ginger ale and all these different, but then you can add uh, flavors. So like orange and raspberry and strawberry and lemon and lime and all the, you make a gazillion combinations. It's really, I think it's neat to try new flavors and mix new things. And you you can do like vanilla root beer, which is really good. But what I discovered was I was at uh, a five guys uh, the other day. And they had the machine, and they had a thing on there. They said, download our app. And I'm like, why would I download the Coke Freestyle app? I could not think of a single good reason for that. Um, <laughs> but they gave me a good reason. So the app is really cool because in the app, and I'm going to put it up on the display for those of you watching the video version, um, using my pick from last week, Air Server. Uh, let's do this here. So you sign into the app, and you have to create an account and all that, which is fine. But you create an, account, uh, an app, and what you do is you can make 
drink mixes on the phone. So here, for example, I'll show you some of the mixes I've created. So here's, um, and I got these recommendations off the internet. I haven't tried many of them, but, you know, there's what they call Rasparilla, which is root beer and Fanta raspberry. Now, that sounds really interesting. I don't know if that's good, but I'm willing to try it. But the great thing you can do is you can choose the different flavors. You can even pick a specific percentage if you want 60-40, 70-30 of the different flavors. You can do three, four, five different flavors. But the app remembers your, your drink, and you can walk up to a Coke Freestyle machine, use the Coke Freestyle app, scan a QR code on that specific machine, and then it sends the drink you created on your phone to the machine automatically. <laughs> so if you want to make some like crazy elaborate drink, you scan the QR and it works really fast and really well. I was impressed. It sends the drink, and then it's just one tab, and it just makes your drink for you. So if you have favorites you've saved or complicated ones you want to try, you can do all kinds of fun stuff with it, but it's all automatic with the QR code. So I, I was pretty impressed. Um, it is the uh, what they call the CC Freestyle app. It's available at least on iOS. I'm assuming Android as well. Um, and you can look for a Coke Freestyle at a location near you. But if you're looking for just a fun way to you know try new sodas or I don't know, just goof around. Uh, check out Coast Freestyle. It was a cool, cool kind of technology demo. I was impressed. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It'd be cooler if it was NFC or something. If you didn't have to QR code, but although I, I will say, and you know, I hate QR codes. I think they're so gimmicky. This yeah. one worked really, really well because it was yeah. from the time I waved the camera over it to the time my drink was ready to go was under like fifteen seconds. It was pretty fast. So that's good. I agree, but. Still fun. So go nice. go get your flavored sugar water. <laughs> uh, wonderful. All right. Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go next since I, I have a pick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go for that then. Uh, I am, uh, I'm pretty dry. So I got a new board game recently. Um, I had played this once on the iPad with Dan Miller. Uh, but I bought the actual board game, like never, the real life board game. You never played the actual board game with me? Nope. Wow. Nope. Um, yeah, but it, in any case, it's called Carcassonne. And I'm not sure how to describe it. It's like there are tiles. Uh, and you basically, like, you take turns and you draw a tile. And the tiles all, like, fit together. Like, there are roads and 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 cities and and you have to put the tiles together in a way that like continues the illustration um and you basically like you get points for like completing features so if you close the walls of a city you get points for that city um but it's kind of fun it's like really as far as like nerdy board games go it's pretty simple like it's there aren't a lot of rules it's straightforward there there are a bunch of um, like kind of expansions, so there are extra rules that you can play with, and like uh, different pieces that you can get that you know you can you can extend the game and make it more complicated. Um, but I think it's really fun. It's like 30, 30 minutes or forty five minutes for a game, um, and it's it's pretty satisfying. It's low stress and relaxing, and it's it's kind of neat because the board turns out completely different every time. So. Uh, because the f the pieces all fit together in like an infinite, I don't know, I, not infinite, but there are a lot of combinations of pieces. So it's cool. It was, uh, it's, oh, the one I linked to was $44 on Amazon. I don't think I paid $44 for it. Yeah, there's a newer edition that's listed at $26.38. Nice. If that sounds more accurate. Yeah. I think that's the one I have. And yeah, that sounds that sounds more correct. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Cool. And it's Alright, I do have a pick, as it turns out. Oh nice. I was really worried. You had me there. <laughs> um, yeah, great pick, Colby. Check it out on Amazon. We'll have the link to this and all our picks as usual on our website. Uh, at don'tpanic.io. Um, cool. Cool. We always have some good game picks on the show, which is wonderful. Um, all right, Dan, what what is your pick? Okay, so, yeah, you don't even know. I don't even know. Total uh, shock to me. I'm excited. Yeah. 
So a while ago, I picked, I think, probably The Way of Kings as a book by Brandon Sanderson and its sequel, Words of Radiance. Mm -hmm. Brandon Sanderson has written many books. Uh, He writes multiple books every year. So if you're, you know, you're Patrick Rothfuss fan or you're George R. R. Martin fan, you're used to getting one book every seven to 15 years, throw all those expectations out the window I, I, I like get distracted and I come back to Brandon Sanderson. He's written like four books. I'm not even joking. So I haven't read any Brandon Sanderson since the summer. So the past couple weeks I went through and caught up on all the books, all the books, plural, he's written since then, uh, of which there's a few. So uh, Steelheart came out last year and the sequel to it came out this year called Firefight. Uh, those are both really good. It's sort of like a take on superheroes, but the the powers, the ways by which superheroes acquire their powers is sort of grounded in rules. Uh, so once you figure out those rules, then you can like discover what their weakness is and stuff like that. Uh, so Steelheart, Firefight, but I'm going to give you so many here. Uh, if you read Mistborn, which was his first trilogy, he has a new spinoff, which is sort of uh, Wild West magic style lawman kind of firefly-ish kind of really fun thing. Uh, you know, these two guys, they're lawmen. They're also magicians. Uh, the Alloy of Law, also really great. And if you're looking for something smaller, he's written a couple short stories in the last year as well. Uh, Sixth of the Dusk is one of those, as is Perfect State, which was just released a couple days ago. Uh, so Brandon Sanderson just... Google him on Am- Google him on Google him on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy all of them and you'll be fine. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, you, you pick this week an author, the whole author. Wonderful. I'll, the the real pick is Steelheart because that's the or sorry Firefight because that's the longest one of all the ones I've read. Uh, so I'll, I'll put that in the show notes, Sean. Don't okay, worry. thank you, Dan. I'll leave that to you. Very good. All right. Wow, this was uh, this was a damn fine episode. Damn fine. Damn fine episode. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, well, thanks to all of you out there for joining us. Uh, I hope you had as much fun as we did. Um, I'll quickly just mention a couple of announcements. First of all, as I said before, there is no show next week. So you get a week off. These guys get a week off. I know Dan is probably excited to have a week off. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is good so uh, we won't have any tech news next week but we'll be back the following week um, I also want to remind everybody you should check out our show on the uh, sister show on the network The Goldilocks Zone this past week was part two of our look at breakfast and it was really these guys uh, Colby and Dan can really relate to my total inadequacy in doing my pro- producer job Matt and I taped half an hour of an amazing episode <laughs> but I never hit the record button <laughs> And it was the the saddest moment of my life when I realized it. And it was really, really good. You had to tell Matt. I, well, I and I, I just I said I just interrupted in the middle of the sentence. I'm like, Matt, Matt, we're I this is I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, what? I'm like, I didn't hit the record button. So we had to go back and do it again. It's 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 funny. So go listen to that. And then I'll tease this coming week, Matt and I are gonna take on famous conspiracy theories. So we don't have our list of which ones we're going to do yet, but we're going to do an episode of kind of the ones you could actually maybe prove, and then we're going to do an episode of like the like lizard people, like the really crazy ones. Hold on, I didn't know that the Goldilocks Zone was a real thing. I just tried to Google it to find out where to get the podcast. Yeah, it's a scientific name. It's well, the Circumstellar Habitable Zone. That's what it is. So on the show, we, we, we rate things either underrated, overrated, or appropriately rated as sort of our general theme. And it has to do with planets being too hot, too cold, or just right for human life. So that's where the, Matt came up with that name. Wow. So it works on two guy. levels. Uh, we're not just fans of old, I'm assuming, Bavarian uh, fairy tale stories. I don't know where the Goldilocks <laughs> uh, myth comes from. Um, but anyway... So check that out, goldilockshow.com, at goldilockshow on Twitter. Um, listen to the show. It's a lot of fun. Um, and and I and just as a teaser, I promised anyone a free prize if you send a video of yourself eating breakfast cereal with an unusual liquid in it. If that doesn't give you an indication of the type of show we make, 
I don't think anything. Can I send a video of someone else eating breakfast cereal with an unusual liquid in it? Yes, I will send you a prize. I guarantee it. That was (laughs) now I get to play it on the show. We get to we get to do it publicly, but as long as they're fine with it, because that that was our question of the week. What what liquid other than milk would you put in your cereal? Does uh, does chocolate milk count? No, because that's milk. So we said, I said apple cider was my pick. Because <laughs> I with some apple jacks or something. Matt, Matt said iced coffee, which I also think is a good choice. Uh, yes, that was going to be who, yeah. I'll try to get a video of someone putting iced coffee in there. Go for it. We'll put it on the air. We'll send you a prize. Uh, right. Very good. This show, don't panic.io's a website. Go there to get this show as well, as if we're not giving you enough to listen to. Uh, all the episodes, audio, video, uh, links to social media, at don't panic show on Twitter, and of course on Facebook, uh, on Facebook, and we're also on iTunes and Stitcher, and your favorite podcasting apps as well. Uh, thanks to both of you gentlemen for another wonderful show. We will not be back next week, but we'll be back the following week with more tech news. But until then, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I wish you all a fair good night. We will see you then. Thanks for watching. <laughs>